welcome or welcome back to a Practical Home Podcast. In this space, we discuss all things cottage witchery and home magic. So grab a coffee, get cozy, and stay for a while. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to a Practical Home. I'm glad that you're here again for this week. It has been a crazy couple of weeks, for me at least. I don't know how it's been for you, but the weeks are just really going by so fast. I can't believe that we're already heading towards the middle of the year. I know that we have a few more months to go, but it just, it feels like it's going to be here in the blink of an eye. I don't know if it's because I have a daughter with a birthday this month, and maybe that's what's making it feel like it's going by so fast. I don't know, but I already, I, I can't believe how quickly the year is passing us by already. So what has been going on in the cottage since we last chatted? Well, some bad news. All of the seedlings that I planted did not make it. We ended up having some unexpected drops in weather before I had the greenhouse fully heated. And then I had to go out of town for about a week. And I was really hoping that I had prepped it enough that they could survive. But Unfortunately, when I came back, they actually had not made it and all the seedlings had died. That's okay though. I'm going to dump them out and I'm going to restart my seedlings this weekend. Actually, I'm right before Ostara and I think that's a pretty good time for me to go ahead and get that new batch rolling out. But I do have our heating figured out for that building and I just think this batch is going to be a lot better. You, You know, you win some, you lose some with gardening. It's, you know, not always a foolproof thing. And I'm just not taking it to heart this year. There was just nothing I could have done. It fell into like a really weird time with my schedule where I had to be out of town, which was unexpected. So it's okay. We'll have that new batch going soon. And I'm really excited to start that because I think I'm going to do some different things with my seedling planting. And hopefully that works. We're probably going to have another frost in my area. I can, I can feel it, you know, in the air. Um, so, but I'm ready. I've got a heater now and um, we're, we're ready to go for that. Should, you know, should that unexpected blizzard roll in as it normally does around this time of year. What else? What else? So we're edging closer to our chickens being here at the beginning of April. Guess what? I still have not put that coop up. <laughs> Just this weekend, I'm going to try and do it. But now there's rain in the forecast. And I don't know that I want to put it up in the rain. I've got a lot of other projects I can do instead. I don't know what my paralysis is, my mental block is for that chicken coop, but I cannot get myself motivated. I have the garage all set up. Oh, sorry, hit my mic. Have the garage all set up and ready for chickens. I've got feed bedding, water, accessories, heating. I've got everything. And yet I just cannot get that chicken coop built. I don't need it right away, but I would like, I had a goal. I would like to have it done before. My husband actually recently asked someone else, um, one of his friends, if they were interested in bartering some services and because we were, they asked us for some assistance and my husband's trying to get them to help come over and help put up the chicken coop. Um, we'll see how that goes. Maybe, maybe they'll just take that responsibility off my hands and I don't have to worry about it anymore. (laughs) This week I was able to get some spring cleaning done. I actually hadn't planned on it, but I ended up having to clean out and physically clean my apothecary cabinet and take stock of everything that was in there. We had moved the cabinet a couple months ago 
I think we ended up shoving a bunch of stuff in one of those cabinets, um, you know, trying to keep it from rolling around um, when we were moving it from one room to the other. And I guess I just never really cleaned it out. For the last few months, I've just been moving stuff and I felt frustrated every time I've had to move things out of the way to reach what I'm looking for on the back. And it just, it just, I guess, never occurred to me that I needed to clean it out and re- reorganize it. But I've got that done. I had to take stock of things that I need to rebuy, things that I need to buy seeds of if I'm going to be planting them myself. I do have a goal list that I'll talk about in uh, a future episode of all of the different things that I'm hoping to add to my apothecary this year, um, the different ingredients and, and finished products. And so I'm really excited about getting that rolling. I also got a start on making some new practical home cleaners that I have a magical spin on. So I have an all-purpose cleaner that I have started of vinegar and orange. I also remade some of my carpet floor powder and I use lavender and rose uh, petals and a little bit of lavender oil in baking soda. And I put it in like a Parmesan shaker that I got from the Dollar Tree years ago. I use that for my carpets, which are all in the center portion of the home. And then for the hard and tile floors that I have in the outer portions where like the doors are, I use another floor powder. Um, When I sweep, that's a rosemary powder. And then I also have a floor cleaner. Those last two things I have not made yet, the mop cleaner and the floor powder for the, the flat surfaces. So I need to get that done still, but it's on my list and I've got the ingredients. So hopefully I can get that done this weekend. I was also a busy little goose. I got the ancestor altar cleared off um, and, and cleaned up and that, that it feels like it's always in a constant work in progress state, but um, I, I'm doing some additional stuff to that that I, I'm taking care of. I got the brooms renewed around my house and recharged. I hung up some additional protection charms around the house that I had made, uh, recharged my witch's bells, hung those back up, and just, you know, had the windows open, clearing, clearing out energy. It's been, it's been really good in the house. The, the energy has really been increasing in the home, and I've been working hard to do so ever since my funk last year. I've got a simmer pot on right now. I've got the windows open. It's, you know, life is good. It's feeling really nice. I also changed out um, some of my decor and the wreath on the door to match Ostara. So I'm really in the in the spring mood now. And it certainly feels like spring outside, even though it's a little bit on the chilly side. It feels really good. And and that spring energy is continue, continuing to flow through me. And I'm so still so excited about the projects that we have coming up in the future. So I'm going to do something a little bit different this week. Um, for whatever reason, I've been looking at tarot and oracle cards again. Um, I had stopped a long time ago, even really looking at tarot and oracle cards, not just to shop, but just like looking at them in general online because I felt like my, my collection was getting a little bit out of hand. And um, as with, you know, um, donating some books that I didn't have a use for anymore and some other items, I, I, over the last year, two, three, I don't even know, I feel like my tarot and oracle collection has gotten smaller as I've let go of decks that I just really didn't connect to um, just didn't have an interest in anymore. And um, I, I still just have been going 
for years now to one main deck that I felt the most connection with. And honestly, I felt really bad because some of my Oracle decks, I was just struggling to find a connection to at all. But recently, I started looking at one again, and it's it, I felt the pull back to it and that renewed interest in it. And that's the Green Witch Oracle. Um, I've talked about it before. It's by Cherilyn Darcy. Really, really beautiful, whimsical imagery. And it is, it's broken into like fruit, vegetables, herbs, and flowers, maybe. I can't think of the, the, the four categories, but um, just really beautiful. I've been using it again. And so I thought this week, um, as I'm trying to get back into using this deck as part of my Oracle draw, um, I'm going to do a card draw and we'll kind of see what our, what our theme is for our outlook ahead. Shuffle up. This is a really, um, it's a bigger deck. And so shuffling is actually really, really complicated. I hate bending my Oracle cards. I don't know if anybody else does. I feel, I feel the same way about my tarot, but my tarot is, you know, obviously much smaller. And so I just shuffle up like a card deck after having it for 10 years or so. But it just, it's, it, I, I do the um, like over, overhand shuffling or whatever you would call it. But shuffling it like a normal card deck is just something I can't bring myself to do with some of these really pretty, artful works. Okay. Oh, okay. This is very timely and also um, funny because I have uh, a simmer pot on right now that's full of apples. So we got card number 26, which has the imagery of apples on it. And it's the continuance card. Um, continuance apple. Yeah, I have my guide deck. Let's check it out. Yeah, flowers is the other category. Okay. Okay. So apple continuance. I really love the deck book for this Oracle deck because there's a little quote or like a little piece of poetry for every card. And I just think that's really beautiful and lovely. This one is, if a tree dies, plant another in its place. That's our quote. So the Oracle meaning it. The future is assured and hope is all around for whatever is going on at the moment. Now is a brilliant time to work on your vision for the future, on goals, and reevaluating past decisions. Apples also align with the energy of love and especially on bringing romantic bonds closer together. Look at the individual elements of situations a little more closely and be sure that you stand strong in your unique qualities. Keep ideas to yourself at the moment. Well, that's a good message for someone like me who can't keep their mouth shut. So I have a simmer pot on right now for apples because just we've been eating a lot of apples. We've been into apples lately and I've been loving apple smell in my home. And also I love having them in my simmer pots. Um, so that's kind of funny. But also um, we're getting really close to our new moon phase, um, you know, where we can look at renewing goals and working on our future and reevaluating. So very timely. The magical correspondences for Apple is immortality, prosperity, love, spirit realm, and blockages. It's associated with Hera, Athena, Aphrodite, Pomona, Gaia, Morgan Le Fay, Edun, and Alwyn. 
Its planetary association is Venus, and its astrological sign is Capricorn. Awesome. This deck is so beautiful. If you haven't ever thumbed through it, I highly recommend it. I did. As I mentioned earlier, I hadn't been buying Oracle decks or tarot decks for a very long time. I actually just pre-ordered an Oracle deck that I'll talk about later. And I um, just bought another Oracle deck. Well, that was a pre-order as well. And so two Oracle decks are coming my, my way into my collection very, very soon. One is until the end of the year. But um, I don't know, maybe it's the year of Oracle deck for me. As I mentioned, we are heading into a new moon phase. And I don't know about you, but I really love the new moon uh, phase of the moon cycle more than any other. I don't know if I've said this before. I hope I didn't contradict myself in a previous episode. But but like when I really, really, really think about it, the new moon and the like the hope of new beginnings is just my favorite time of the lunar cycle. I love that restart of setting new goals, starting new projects. I I love completing them as well and feeding them um, in in the cycles to come, but I don't know. There's just something about that renewed energy that I really like. Um, And this new moon is going to be in Aries um, at the start of the the April moon cycle, which the coming full moon in April is my favorite full moon of the year. So I'm very excited about that. Um, But this, you know, the, the new moon cycle that we're entering is, again, also about fresh, powerful, creative energy. Um, you know, it's a good time to try something new, start a new project, start a new business, um, set new intentions at your altar, plant a garden, something I'm going to be doing, trying new recipes, uh, applying for jobs, going on a date, you know, something like that, you know, trying something new. My husband, oddly enough, although I know he didn't plan this according to the lunar moon cycle, is starting a new business in this cycle. So, um, yeah. It's, it's just a, a great, refreshing, renewing, new energy. Um, so I'm just so excited with this cycle to come. What is your favorite moon cycle? I really want to know. I, I think most people tend to gravitate towards the full moon, obviously, or the new moon, or maybe even the dark moon. Is there anybody out there who just loves a quarter? <laughs> I just really want to know. I really want to know if like a third quarter is your favorite time. Honestly, kind of same. Like that's probably my second favorite period of the cycle. I love that shake it out, get it out of here kind of. Maybe it's because I'm the kind of person who throws a lot of things away and or, or, you know, tosses a lot of stuff out of their life. That's a, it's a good, good part of the cycle. So I suppose it's time to chat about Ostara. We have that coming up. Um, I didn't prep this episode to be heavy on the lore or whatnot of Ostara. I think most people listening to this episode are probably very familiar with it. If you're not, it is um, the celebration of the spring equinox. It is essentially marking the return of the light and rebirth to the land. It's a very bright and cheery celebration that I I like. It's not my favorite. It's not my least favorite uh, holiday, but I enjoy it. We typically celebrate it. I never really celebrated Easter when I was a kid. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, a little bit. We did like Easter egg hunts, but Easter was never a heavy um, focus in my family. We did celebrate Ostar for a number of, number of years, but um, not really Easter. So I don't have a strong connection to Easter. I'm not going to talk about it, but it follows similar themes. If you are looking to celebrate, um, maybe some of the ways that I'm going to be celebrating it will give you inspiration. So the colors associated with Ostar are typically lighter pastels, like light greens, pastel blue, pinks, yellows, and um, just just things that you would think of like a little bow wrapped around a baby chick. (laughs) What would that look like? Those are the colors that are associated. So I've got a lot of that color in my door decoration. Um, I really didn't decorate the interior as much as I normally would, but I have those ribbons for around my brooms. Um, I'll actually be finishing that this weekend. Um, so little little pops of light color um, that I'll be using for um, my celebration. I also have quite a few activities planned for the Ostara season. A lot of them I'm thinking I can get the kids involved in, and that will be really fun. Um, this will be... No, I was going to say this is my son's first Ostar. It's his second, but he was a wee babe for his first. So he was, he was you know, fresh, <laughs> fresh to this world um, and had no idea what was happening at that time. Um, and so, you know, both my kids are walking mobile and um, very aware of everything. And so I think they're both going to have a lot of fun this year. Um Last year, we got wooden eggs, and we're doing the same this year, and I think this year we're going to paint them. We tried to paint them last year, and um, there was just too much wanting to put it in the mouth for both kids, the paint, the paintbrush, just, you know, gobs of paint off their fingers. So they're a bit more civilized this year, so I think we can, we can still have fun and, and not, you know, consume as much paint. Um, but the wooden eggs were fun because then we could kind of keep them, you know, for a long period of time. My daughter played Easter basket where she carried her eggs around in a basket for months. I was like July of last year before she got bored with that activity. So we're hoping to keep the eggs around for a lot longer than you would fresh eggs. We're also going to be making some little bunny snacks and some treats with hay and vegetables um, because my daughter's obsessed with the rabbits that my parents have nesting in their property and so we're going to leave little little treat areas for the the bunnies it's going to be really cute we don't have a lot of bunnies in our backyards the squirrels and our dogs have run them off i think but it'll be really cute to to set that up in their backyard we're also of course going to do an easter egg hunt that's really fun for the kids we did two last year one at my home and one at my parents house i don't know if we're going to do that or not this year but i'm excited to see both kids <laughs> it sounds terrible. I'm excited to see them kind of compete this year and and see who can find more. It, I mean, it's smart to put money on my older daughter because she kind of knows what's going on here. But my son is a resourceful child, and I I feel like he'd flip a patio piece of patio furniture to find <laughs> to find an egg. Like once he knows he's gonna get something special. I just feel like he'll really be on the hunt with determination. So we'll see how that goes. I think we're also, in addition to bunny treats, we're going to make some spring um, bird cakes for our birds. As you know, I've become quite the bird lady. I think we're going to make some of those. I've already got the recipes pulled for what I want to make. 
and we'll hang those up in, in our trees um, kind of in tandem with when we go and feed the feed the rabbits this year. I also have a few food recipes that I want to make this year. I don't know yet what our main dish is going to be. I think we might do a corned beef, you know, keeping with the St. Patty season. But um, sometimes we do ham um, in our uh, Ostara celebration. Usually some, some type of meat is included in that meal. And we usually make deviled eggs as one of our side dishes. And this year, I thought about making deviled egg dip. So I haven't pulled an exact recipe. I'm sure I'm not the originator of this. But um, I was just thinking, basically making deviled eggs, but with chopping up the egg whites and then putting it, like smearing it on like a, um, a baguette or something like that. I don't even know if that's going to be good. But for some reason, similar to like a pregnancy craving, I'm craving that so bad, just dipping, <laughs> dipping a piece of bread into a deviled egg mixture. So I don't know if I end up making it, I'll throw it on Instagram or something, but <laughs> I don't know. Either that or I'll just make deviled eggs. And this year I'm going to make hot cross buns. I, I can't honestly can't remember if I've ever made hot cross buns before or not. But um, I really, I think, I think my kids would like them a lot. All the ingredients they enjoy, you know, with a little citrus, a little bit of cranberry, or excuse me, a little bit of raisin. I think I'm going to include either orange pieces or cranberries in mine. Um, and I just, I think they'll be really delicious. Um, hot crust buns, very traditional at Easter and Ostara. And um I, I think it'd be fun to make it with my both my kids and with my mom and my husband and and all of us making making the dough and, and preparing it and, and decorating. And so I feel like that'll be a really nice family activity that we can do. It should prove to be a really nice, relaxing, and for the kids especially, exciting Ostara season. I hope that you are all able to have a beautiful warm, I hope it's warm for you, uh, Ostara season and you can relax and just enjoy that, that rebirth and renewal, uh, energy that hits you. The other thing I wanted to talk about today, um, was to give you all a list of essentially what were the books that I read when I was pulling myself out of my funk. Um, the books that I use to kind of help trigger my my reset or my restart, um, particularly around my spiritual practice, not not just some of my you know personal stuff. So I have a list of the books that I was reaching for most often, even if I wasn't reading them cover to cover over and over again. I was going back, I was referring to them, or I was looking at imagery or. Um, just pulling up different sections that were kind of my favorite. And um, uh, I think, I don't know, they, they got me in the spring spirit, that's for sure. Um, they all helped me refocus my energy on the land, my property, getting, you know, getting my hands back in dirt and really focusing on my garden magic because that does make me happy and, and keeps me balanced. Um, and, and, were kind of the um, the spark 
that led me to making a number of projects that I have coming up this year. I don't think any of these books are new to my collection. I'm fairly certain not, except except one. I, I've probably talked about all, most, if not all of them, on an episode in the past before. But the first is Cottage Witchery by Ellen Dugan. I really love this book. I have gone back to this book over and over again. It's an oldie but a goodie. And um, I really enjoy how Ellen Dugan simplifies home magic, makes it very accessible to everyone. This and The House Witch by Aaron Murphy Hiscock are like really like neck for neck on giving that message to anybody who has like even a remotely um, a, a small interest in magic around the home. Like it, it, they just make it very accessible. And um, it kind of reminds me why I do what I do in my practice. And, and, and um, I, I, I feel, I feel just a very strong connection to that book. And I enjoy the way that Ellen Dugan writes. I, I find her very funny and um, I, I don't know, I just really connect. In a similar vein, Garden Witchery, also by Ellen Dugan, which I think is new-ish to my collection, but it certainly isn't a book that is new to the the witchy book circulation. Um, has very similar vibes to Cottage Witchery. It's kind of like just taking the book and moving it outside. Like I always, there's a, a visual of a cottage on the front of Cottage Witchery. And I always feel like you've just opened the back doors and stepped out onto the patio of that house. And now you're reading Garden Witchery. And it's about taking those same kind of home practices and applying them to your garden and all the space around you, reconnecting to nature, reconnecting to the land and rooting yourself in the land around you. And again, very accessible for, for anybody. And for me, it's, it's, you know, nature is like soup for my soul. And I don't, this book really feeds that for me. So I like, if I'm going to read them, I like reading them together. There's also nature magic, um, in, her series. Ellen Dugan has a lot of books, but those three um, I always think of as like a, a little set. And I actually don't think I have nature magic. So I have to add that to my collection this year for sure. I mentioned Erin Murphy Hiscock and uh, with The House Witch. I didn't gravitate towards that book this past winter, but I kind of alternate in between that one and Cottage Witchery. As I said, they're really neck neck and neck for me in terms of which represents Cottage Witchery the most. But something I did read, was it this past winter? I honestly can't remember. Not too terribly long ago, I read for the first time was uh, Garden Witchery. That book is out in my greenhouse right now. I refer to it a lot. Um, whether it be practical or inspirational. It's such a beautiful book as well. One that you just, I don't know who did her illustration, but it's so beautiful and you would love having it on a display. It looks beautiful on a bookshelf. And um, I, I don't know. It, I just, I liked all the things that Aaron Murphy Hiscock had to say about the importance of organizing, of um, how you lay out your garden of what you should have in your garden. And I just, I was just, you know, it was tense all across the board for me when I read that book. I recently, like yesterday, picked up, looking at it, The Green Witch's Garden Journal. 
And oh my, again, what a beautiful book. I don't know who's making these books for her. (laughs) Beautiful book. And it's a, a gardening journal and planting journal. And it's the the layout of it is fantastic. I'm so excited to start using it. I just I, I'm really happy to have to have that to have that book in addition to some of the other journaling that I already do out there. So I've got a purpose for it. I'm so excited to start it. I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode that I had recently ordered, uh, I had done a pre-order for two Oracle decks this year. So one of them I'm going to get next month and it's a, it's a cottage magic order, but the other, I just saw and and immediately pre-ordered it. And it's the garden, Witches Oracle, um, from Aaron Murphy, Hiscock. I think it's going to come out at the end of the year. And so it's that whole package for the, the book, the journal, and now the Oracle. I, I can't get enough of it. I think it's great. <laughs> I'm so excited about that Oracle deck. I'm not even going to get it till like Christmas, but I'm so excited about it. The Country Diary of an Edwardian Lady is also a book that I pulled and referred to a lot in the last couple of months. I found it online. I'm thinking, I'm sorry. I think I found it online. I honestly can't remember when I added it to my collection and how long I've had it or anything like that or how I came by it. Um, I don't have the dust jacket for it anymore. I actually hate dust jackets. It's a little insight about me. I, they serve a great purpose, but I hate dust jackets. I have a, like a box full of them where I've taken them off of books, especially my kids' books. Oh, I can't stand them. Um, I love the way the book looks underneath. Um, but I, so I, I don't remember like all the details on it because I don't have that jacket anymore. And I think the location was from that. But The Country Day of an Edwardian Lady, you've seen probably a lot on like cottage core Instagram accounts. <laughs> a lot of people have this book. It's a beautiful reference book. Um, or not even reference book. It's it's a it's a muse in itself. It's a beautiful inspiration um, of a, a month to month diary, beautifully illustrated, and um, I don't know the whole thing. When I go through it, sometimes I just look at the pictures, and sometimes I just look at certain months. But whenever I've gone through it, and I love to do so over like coffee, you know, when I'm just trying to kind of clear my mind and get ready for the day. Um, it's just, it's so beautiful. It's so focused on the nature around the author and, um, who is very insightful with all their observations. And so it just, I don't know. I think it honestly was probably what inspired me to start bird watching around my, my house. Um, because of all the, the beautiful observations that were made about the birds in the area. I've also been pulling a lot of recipes from Kitchen Witchery by Karen Wynne Greenleaf, another oldie but a goodie. I added that book to my collection, I think last year, but it took me a while to crack the spine open on it. And um, it's really fun, really cute, very whimsical. Um, I love all of the narrative sections in it. And I really like a lot of the recipes. So it just, um, I don't know why... It, I, you know, I honestly can't pinpoint what it was that inspired me about the book, but it definitely reinvigorated my enthusiasm for kitchen witchery and really made me focus on getting some of my tools recharged, changing my tools, 
um, and, and trying some different recipes. So it, it helped me out a lot in the kitchen. Similarly, a really small book that I love um, is The Tea Witch's Grimoire by S.M. Harlow. And um, really, really small read. Um, so it's a kind of book that honestly slips into the back of your pocket, which is lovely. And it's just full of really delightful tea recipes. And I've tried, I've tried quite a few of them, not all of them. Maybe I'll make a goal of trying all of them this year. And um, some of them I really gravitate towards far more than others. But I, I kind of fell out of love with tea last year and was focusing solely on drinking coffee. I feel like it's because coffee speaks to anxiety, <laughs> for better or for worse. When you're like deep in an anxious funk, as I often am, sadly, um, coffee really speaks to me, whereas um, tea can, can be very relaxing and has just a different vibe. And sometimes, like I was last year, I was just not ready to receive tea. Do you know what I mean? I drank some, but I was not really enthused about it. And then, la, no. In January, this past January, I bought a new teapot. I got some new accessories and um, back in the tea game. So I'm actually feeling a little blech. So I'm probably going to have some fennel tea later on. This is not from the Tea Witch's Grimoire. I just drink fennel tea when I feel a bit bloated. And I feel like that is definitely something that is on uh, my to-do list for this evening. <laughs> The last book that I gravitated towards a lot is The Scent of Lemon and Rosemary by Rachel Henderson. I have been listening to a few new podcasts this, this year as well, and Rachel Henderson has been on a number of them talking both about her book, The Scent of Lemon and Rosemary, but also her book, So Witcher, So, So Witchy, So Witchery. Oh, I can't think of which one it is right now. Um, the Fiber Art book. And... Um, I think they have another book that's coming out later this year or the year after that I'm really excited about. And um, something that I, I love so much about The Scent of Lemon and Rosemary, not only in, in that it's designed of like, it takes the house room by room and breaks down some of the magical correspondences in ways that you can magically connect from the kitchen, which feels very natural to connect to all the way to like your bathroom. And um, the other thing is the story of the relationship between Rachel and Hestia that's woven into the, the book. Um, and Hestia is one of the deities that, um, that I worship and have a relationship with. And, um, I, I, there's just so few, um, book, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I was going to say there's, there's, there's just so few books that are dedicated to what the relationship between Hestia and the person is all about. I feel like you get a lot more with other more well-known prominent deities you get a lot of, uh, there's just more material out there that you can dig your hands into. With Hestia books being kind of few and far between, I obviously was very excited to discover the scent of lemon and rosemary. And then it just, it connect, it um, reminded me of my connection that I have, um, where I've kind of waffled back and forth, as Rachel Henderson describes in her book that she's done as well. I find it reminds me of the relationship that I have and reminds me of 
why I'm even on this path and why I do certain things that I do. And it's very grounding for me, allows me to give myself time, I guess, because sometimes I feel like, you know, deities are disappointed in me if I'm not, um, you know, doing a certain activity as often as I am mentally or physically able to. And that's just not always the case. Um, you know, and and the, the book always reminds me of what that relationship really feels like. And so, um, I, I really appreciate it because of that. I think that's all for me this week. I'm going to try and build that chicken coop this week. <laughs> build that chicken coop. I'm going to do it. Somebody hold me to it. Someone hold me. Someone send me an Instagram DM this week and be like, hey, did you do that chicken coop or not? You'll see a picture of it on the Insta when, when it's done. So you'll know that I've done it. So if you haven't seen that, there's a pretty good chance it's, it's, it's not complete yet. Have a fantastic week ahead of you, or I guess two weeks until we speak again. Have a great time. Have a beautiful Ostara. Really soak in the vibes from the new moon. And we'll chat again soon. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.